Hello and welcome back to the Speak Up Sports Podcast with 16-year-old sports writer Anna Lively. I am so happy that you all will get to hear this interview today because I am joined with talented MLB Network reporter and MLB writer John Morosi. We had so much fun that we had to break the interview into two episodes. Today on the first part, we will be talking about where his love of sports came from and how he got into learning and speaking Spanish. Make sure to tune into next week's episode as well as we finish up our great conversation. Get ready and enjoy this episode. Today I am joined with the amazing John Morosi, reporter and writer for MLB Network and other baseball avenues. So thank you so much, John, for joining me today. Anna, it's my pleasure, and, and thanks for, for being an inspiration to my daughters as we were talking before we, we started recording here, and, and it's amazing what you're doing, and, and the professionalism that you bring to the podcast is great, and of course, you're writing for SI for Kids as well, so thanks for doing all that you do uh, to help uh, grow sports and, and connect people with sports all around the world, and especially uh, inspire young boys and girls uh, like, like my kids. Well, thank you so much, I I'm so glad that I could help your kids as well. And hopefully they'll maybe start to enjoy sports even more. So speaking of kids, what got you interested in sports as a kid? Great question, Anna. For me, it was all about family. And uh, I grew up in Michigan in a very small town. And and my father is a big sports fan, always has been, and his father as well. So baseball was probably the, the big sport of our family. But we also played football and basketball growing up. Uh, a lot of roller hockey in, in the street. Uh, I was describing recently, thinking about this time of year. Here we are in May. And uh, this time of year w- was growing up, we would play baseball uh, with our school teams or our pony league team, little league team. And then on the way home, we'd be listening to the Red Wings playoff games and uh, they were always in the playoffs, always going deep in the Stanley cup playoffs. So uh, that was a big tradition for us. We'd play our baseball game, come home, uh, change into our roller blades and, and get our sticks and roller hockey pucks and balls in the, in the street and just be playing all over the place. So it was just, it was great. We just, we loved, uh, it was a great way to grow up in a small town. I was born in the upper peninsula of Michigan and then grew up around Bay city, Michigan, right in the middle of the state. So just a great town to grow up in friends. I still have to this day and a, a town, Anna, that was small enough that uh, someone who had very minimal athletic talent like me could still play three sports. And that was, that was why it was the perfect size town because I could actually still play sports uh, all year round uh, well into high school, even though I had very little talent. That's awesome. I can relate about the small town. We live in a very small town as well, but was your favorite sport growing up hockey or what did you like to do? Well, Anna, for me, it was always the the old saying, and I think it was true that that my favorite sport was often whichever sport I was playing right then. I think baseball probably held my interest the longest. It was the sport that I fell in love with first by reading the standings uh, of the local paper every day as a kid. And the Tigers made a run to the playoffs when I was five back in 1987. So that was a very special time. 
for us. But really, you think about there were a lot of pretty special teams, late 80s, early 90s, into the mid-90s in Michigan. Uh, we had the Bad Boys. We had the Fab Five. We had the Russian Five, the Stanley Cup. The, there was a lot of great, great teams around that time that really captured my my attention. So it was, a, it was just an incredible place to grow up for sports. Michigan is just a great sports area. We we've got, of course, the four major sports in Detroit and then Michigan, Michigan state basketball and football are both always so relevant nationally. So uh, it was just a, a phenomenal place to grow up. And, and I, you know, my dad went to Michigan state. I had a lot of Michigan fans around me, Michigan state fans. So you, you were just raised in this rivalry and, and what sports mean in, in a small town in the Midwest. So I, I think baseball, Anna was probably, my favorite sport for the longest period of time. It was the one I played the longest. I ended up playing it at the junior varsity level in college. Uh, so that was probably my, my number one sport, but there are a lot of times where I was really invested in basketball really invested in football and really invested in hockey as well. So it's just a special place to grow up and sports has always been the first language of my house, if you will, uh, just as, as we grew up in a pretty small town. I love that. And you grew up in the right spot with any team possible, honestly, that could have made a chance to do well at that time. So who was your favorite athlete or team growing up? Oh, great question. So I, I would say I had a few um, in baseball, Alan Trammell. Uh, and uh, it was one of the reasons why my senior year of high school, when I was finally on the varsity, I, I was wearing number three for Alan Trammell. And, and one of my most cherished photos, Anna, from all my years of covering sports uh, was when Alan Trammell finally got to the Hall of Fame, deservedly so. And, and I went to Cooperstown for his induction ceremony, not really as not really as a journalist. I was there. I was really there as, as a baseball fan and as someone that really wanted to see Alan Trammell and Jack Morris inducted into the Hall of Fame. And that same year, Bob Costas, who I've been so lucky to work with at MLB Network, was going into the broadcaster's wing. So I had connections to three people who were being honored, and it was really special for me to be there and experience that. And, and they always say, Anna, uh, you know, never meet your, your legends and your heroes growing up. But certainly I, I would say uh, I would disagree with that because uh, when I've met Alan and we've had numerous conversations over the years, he's been so gracious and so helpful, so kind, so professional, everything you'd ever hope. Uh, exactly how he played, that's how he truly is in person. And I remember the first time I met him, I was probably still an intern in college and, uh, and he was managing the Tigers. And I remember meeting him and, and that interaction just leaving such an impression on me that I was meeting my idol. Uh, and I tried to play it cool and try not to be too, uh, uh, too excited about it, but it was, it was really special for me. Uh, that was a really, really uh, great memory. And I, I certainly got way more starstruck in that interaction than I ever do now around the great stars of today. Uh, because I'm more used to being around them. That was at a time in my life when it was, oh my gosh, it's Alan Trammell. So he was my favorite baseball player. Uh, Joe Dumars was in basketball. I, I, I wore number four in basketball for Joe. Uh, of course, he was always the one that could shut down Michael Jordan and, and, and some great playoff series back in the late 80s and early 90s. Pistons and Bulls, that rivalry was so incredible. So Joe Dumars there. We all loved Barry Sanders uh, growing up, certainly uh, with the Lions. And then I think with the Wings, a couple of different players. I mean, Iserman obviously was someone that we all loved, but on those great mid-90s to late-90s to early-2000s teams, I always gravitated towards Igor Larionov because he was he was never the biggest or strongest player, but he was always the smartest player on the ice. And so he would always make the right plays. And I just love, like, the old-school helmet he used to wear. And just I, I loved his style of play. So – Larry Onoff was my favorite on those teams. Uh, so I, I kind of 
picked my 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 different favorite players for, for various reasons, but that was probably my my big four, if you will, of of, of Trammell, Dumars, Barry, and Larianoff. I love all those stories. And do you still have that special memorabilia of before you were there at the Hall of Fame? And then when you met uh, the Detroit Tigers manager, did you tell him about that? I did actually, and and I and I'm I'm glad you you raised that because there's a, there was a photo there was a, the Tigers had a reception the night before the induction ceremony as most of the teams would during those years, and uh, I saw Alan there and I just I just thanked him uh, when we had our picture taken I just you know by then we had you know talked numerous times just in my capacity covering baseball uh, and gotten to know him enough where I would see him at the ballpark and we'd say hello and chat and actually by then he had, he had served on the world baseball classic coaching staff and that's one of my big uh, passions in, in in baseball and so we had had a chance to talk a lot through that as well and I just said to him that night how special it was for me to be able to meet my my idol growing up and that he was every bit of the person that I hoped he would be. And that's, that's a pretty special gift when you think about, um, you know, certainly as, as we all grow older, Anna, there's, there are things in life that, that uh, we think about and, and, and on more complicated levels and it becomes, you realize the the business aspect of sports and other, other considerations that come into play. But I, when I think about tram, there's still that, that purity of the love for the game that he has always had and played with and still possesses now as an executive. And I'd like to think that I still have that same pure love of the game too. And, and so to see that he still has it uh, it's kind of fun that I, that I look at my own heart and say, well, I still have that love for the game. And if Alan Trammell still loves to put his glove on and go work with minor league infielders in spring training, and I still have that same love to, watch a minor league game or, or learn about the new prospect and, and never get old in, in, in my love of the game. Um, I, I think that's pretty special. So I, I'm really lucky Anna that, that tram still has that love and that I could see it in him and that I, I see the same love in my own heart. Obviously I, obviously I was never talented as a player, <laughs> but, but uh, the, the being talented or, or having a lack of talent does not prevent you from loving the sport. And that's uh, that's certainly what I've always been. That, that's such a special story. Thanks for sharing. That was so fun to get to hear about and something that you're still taking on uh, years later and you still have that relationship and special moment from when you first met him to now knowing him more. So you went to college at Harvard and then played JV baseball there. Was it then that you decided that you wanted to get into sports writing or broadcasting? Yeah, it's a great question, Anna, because I arrived at Harvard not knowing what I wanted to do. Uh, there was a time in my life when I thought about being a, a football coach or an environmental attorney or going into law, politics, whatever it would have been, uh, things that interested me at, at that time. Uh, and then as part of my work study job on campus to help pay for my financial aid, uh, my, my first job on campus as just a part-time undergrad was uh, with the sports information office uh, at Harvard. Uh, and my job there was to answer the mail and write letters and, and respond to people who, were, who wanted schedules or whatever it might be. And then I also was keeping the shot chart at the hockey games. That was my job on Friday, Saturday night. I would go there and, and keep stats in the, in the press box. And that was part of my job. And, and I, I loved it. it. It was so much fun to be at the rink. And I thought to myself, wow, this is a lot of fun. Maybe I should actually write about the games instead of just keeping the stats. And so that led into 
being a being the, a journalist covering the, the the team for our local student paper, the Harvard Crimson, and and Anna basically I, I decided right around that time, probably sophomore, junior year of college, probably sophomore year that that I loved writing, I wanted to do this, and work in sports and be a writer, and that I was going to do this until someone told me it was time to grow up and get a real job. And that really hasn't happened yet. Now, maybe it'll happen tomorrow. And I don't know. But I, I've, uh, I've really developed just this love for, for what I do. Um, yes, certainly it's, it, it involves sacrificing time away. And, and the hours can be a little strange. And, and you're, uh, you're not quite having that same structured family schedule every single day. But I love it. Wouldn't trade it. Uh, and I just had really been blessed for a, a lot of people that have been wonderful mentors to me, Anna, through the years who have helped me chart my path and, and given me perspective on, on how to craft this career in a, in a very complicated uh, world of the media right now. And, and just try to uh, just keep those same routines that I had when I was in college about how much I love the game and how much I love storytelling and talking to people. So it was really, I would say, and around that sophomore year of college that I did not arrive there with an idea that I was going to be a journalist, but I did it. And uh, as I said, I'm, I'm still waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder and tell me it's time to do something else. Maybe they will. Maybe it'll happen today, tomorrow. But I, I just try to keep that perspective and, and gratitude every day that I'm doing this is, a, is, is still a dream for me. That's awesome. And I love that you talked about that you didn't know what you were going to do, but you right. found out as you tried different things in college to find out what you're really passionate about. And you're still doing something that you love today that doesn't even feel like a job at some point since you enjoy doing it so much. So when did you start learning Spanish and then decided that you wanted to converse in Spanish with either athletes or just for your job as a whole? Sure. Uh, it's, a, it's an important question, Anna, because whenever I speak with young people who want to get involved in sports, that's really my first advice to them is to learn Spanish or depending on what sport you want to cover. If, if you'd like to cover soccer in in europe and if you want to live in paris or cover Ligue 1 in france then yeah you should probably learn french and if you wanted to cover uh the bundesliga in germany you should learn german or if you want to cover Serie A in italy you should learn italian so it depends on what sport you want to cover what really animates you um and and really go accordingly to study those languages so I took Spanish growing up uh, in in high school, as most American students do, uh, and so really my training was not much different at that point than than most other people. Uh, I had I had a little bit of exposure to Spanish when I was in preschool, um, songs and 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 the basics, colors and that sort of thing. So that was that was a part of my background, but I, I was not a native speaker. Um, and of course, still, I'm not a native speaker, but I'm just learning more and more. So I, I would say that once I got through, I had one year of college Spanish. And then once I got into covering the minor leagues in 2003, uh, in West Michigan, uh, I was in the clubhouse there. And I realized that there were a couple of players who really spoke no English. And so if there was going to be an interaction, it would have to be me speaking Spanish. And so I just sort of summon whatever strength I could just to do it and say, okay, I, this is not going to come out right. I'm going to make a bunch of mistakes, but I'm going to do it. And I realized quickly then that, that just being able to converse on a rudimentary level meant a lot to the players. And so I just continually after that sought out opportunities to work on my Spanish, whether it was conversing at the ballpark, 
with players in Spanish, uh, watching Spanish television, listening to Spanish broadcasts on the MLB app. Uh, I, I always, uh, whenever I see my friend, the great Jaime Jairine, the Hall of Famer from uh, Dodger broadcaster, I always uh, refer to him as, as el, el maestro, the, the teacher, because he is, um, his, his, he speaks Spanish so beautifully and I, I love listening to him speak. And so uh, he's been one of my teachers just via listening to his Spanish broadcasts on the, on the MLB app. And, and so for me, that's, it's a beautiful way to learn the language. And of course, traveling throughout Latin America, I've, I've been to Puerto Rico, I've been to Cuba, I've been to Mexico. So any chance I get to, to speak the language, I just really try to work on it. And, and it's a matter of repetition. And as you know, as well, from having studied it yourself, you just have to put yourself in situations where you decide in your own mind, listen, I'm not going to fall back on, on my English. I'm not going to fall back on typing this into Google Translate, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to, I'm going to really find, find out how I'm going to say this. You can check yourself later on, 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 you know, on translation services, but really put your mind through the exercise of how do I conjugate this? How do I make sense of this? And then just keep practicing and keep trying and, and slowly, but surely you'll get there. And the biggest thing I can advise people to do when you're learning it especially if you're learning it in a, in a specific context. Like I could not go on, um, I, like if, if I was watching a telenovela or a, a, a really nuanced dialogue of a show in Spanish, I might not be able to pick up all the dialogue. But if I was watching a baseball broadcast, mm-hmm. I, I catch about 90% of that because I'm learning very specific words and and a glossary that pertains to baseball. And so what I would do is I would always write down in a notebook, any word that I heard that I didn't really know that I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I would look it up afterward. And then all of a sudden, oh, okay, I've now added that to my vocab. And, and if you do that every night for a year, a year plus, you'll get there. It's just a matter of the repetition and training your ear and your brain into what you're hearing. So um, for me, it's just been a constant process of learning, Anna, and, and it's, it's been a, a great joy for me, you know, and, and on a personal level, my, my, my wife is Mexican-American. So uh, for us, uh, we, we often joke at the house that I speak Spanish more than she does now because I have so many opportunities to speak it through my work. And so it's, uh, but I, I want my girls to speak it. It's, it's important to me that they have an appreciation for their mom's culture and, and, and who we are as a family. And so whether it's Spanish, whether it's Italian, there's, there's a lot of languages we try to get to during the course of the day in the house. And even if it's just the simple sayings, I want my girls to have an appreciation of, of where their family has come from and, and who we are and, and some, something unique. Because I, I often joke, Anna, that when I'm trying to find where the kids have run off to in the neighborhood, if I'm out in the back porch and I'm, uh, I'm calling them back, hey, vieni qua, vieni qua, ragazzi morosi, you know, in Italian, like come back here. I always say like, girls, there's no one else in the neighborhood calling their kids back in Italian. So like, if you, if you hear somebody speaking Italian, it's probably your dad and it's probably time to come home. So that, so uh, the, the, you can't say you didn't hear me because who else is speaking Italian? Oh, it was somebody else. No, 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 no. Just me. Solo io. So, uh, so we, we always joke about that. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. And that's my goal. I'm, that's why I'm working on Spanish and learning. This is my second year. And I'm actually doing like more of an immersion. So my teachers actually lives in Panama. So nice. I actually, she mostly speaks Spanish, not much English. So I've been learning a lot more Spanish this year and getting more used to learning Spanish. But that's why I thought, because I see you too 
talking with players and also doing stuff on your social media or something in Spanish as well as English. So I think that's super cool. So this is going to be the first time I've done any Spanish questions on one of my podcasts, but I'm just going to ask a question in Spanish, but I'll also say it in English. So do you mind answering it in both Spanish and English? Por cierto, estoy listo. Perfecto. All right. Bien. All right. Uh, okay. So first off, ¿Quién es tu reportero favorito de baseball para trabajar? Which means in English, who is your favorite baseball reporter to work with? Buena pregunta. Para mí, para mí, uh, por, por muchos años, uh, me gusta mucho traba, trabajar con Ken Rosenthal de, de Fox Sports y MLB Network. Uh, Ken es mi mentor. Uh, que, uh, después, después de uh, los reuniones de los, dire, uh, los rentes generales en 2005, uh, Ken y yo hablaron sobre, sobre mi carrera, mi, mi futuro en, en, en el mundo de, de media, de, de béisbol. Y, y Ken uh, me, me avisa sobre las posibilidades en el futuro para trabajar con, con un, un canal nacional, un, un sitio de internet nacional como foxsports.com. Y en dos, 2009, eh, Ken y yo hablaron sobre la posibilidad en este año uh, para, para mí, para, para trabajar con, con usted, con Fox Sports. Y en, en este año yo comencé mi, mi carrera como un report, reportero nacional de Fox Sports y, y uh, trabajamos juntos desde 2009 a 2016 con Fox Sports y también solo somos compañeros de equipo de, de MLB Network en, en el día de hoy también uh, y yo tengo gran respeto para, para uh, el trabajo de Ken y también Ken, uh, Ken tiene un muy buen ambiente de, de apoyo de ayuda con reporteros más jóvenes y, y Ken tiene el respeto de todos los jugadores y todos los, uh, los uh, ejecutivos y dirigentes y entrenadores de, de, de todos, uh, todas las grandes ligas. So what I said there was my favorite uh, reporter to have worked with uh, for many, many years is, is Ken Rosenthal. He was the one who uh, welcomed me to work at, at Fox Sports in 2009. We worked together there for seven years, 2009 to 2016. We're still teammates uh, in many respects at MLB Network. Um, he's, he is someone who always gives his help and his support to his, his teammates and to reporters who are younger um, and to help them along. And, and he has the respect of, of all players and all executives, all managers in the sport. Um, someone who I have incredible respect for and someone who has helped me in my journey throughout my career. So I, I give great thanks to Ken for all, all he's done for me. Excelente, muchas gracias. trabajar con Ken Rosenthal para más años. So that must have been special to work with him for so many years. 
Yes, gracias. Y uh, yo, yo soy muy, muy afortunado, muy, muy bendecido de, de hacer eso. So I, I've been very, very fortunate, very blessed to do that. Yes. Sí. Alrighty. So, ¿cuál es su estado de béisbol favorito para visitar y por qué? Which in English is, what is your favorite baseball stadium to visit and why? Sí, eh, un, una pregunta bien difícil porque me, me gusta mucho muchos estadios en las grandes ligas. Um, los estadios de, de MLB tienen aspectos diversos y aspectos específicos de, de sus, propio, sus propias ciudades. Y para mí, para mí de, de los estadios uh, viejos, Uh, mi, mi favorito es Dodger Stadium uh, porque las, las montañas en la distancia, las montañas de San Gabriel en la distancia son maravillosas, hermosas. El, el aire, el ambiente de California es, es magnífica eh, para mí. Eh, pero Wrigley Field y Fenway Park tiene un parte de, de, de mi alma también, pero para mí en esos momentos, Dodger Stadium. Y de, de los estadios nuevos, de los estadios nuevos, eh, mi, mi estadio preferido es de Pittsburgh, PNC Park, porque la, la vista, la vista del, la, del puesto del, de, de la, del reportero de la, de la cancha es, es maravillosa de, de los edificios de, de la ciudad de, del centro de la, de la ciudad de, de Pittsburgh um, muy cerca del río eh, un, un ambiente es muy especial y también me gusta mucho la ciudad de Pittsburgh uh, pienso que el, la gente ahí son muy amables eh, para mí Pittsburgh eh, es una muy buena experiencia so uh, what I said in English is uh, so of the of the older stadiums Dodger Stadium is the one that that is is most special to me in in these times I still have a, a lot of great feelings about Wrigley and Fenway I went to college in Boston. So I went to a lot of games at Fenway. Then Wrigley is very special to me as the, as the iconic ballpark of the Midwest um, Dodger stadium, just because I've spent a lot of time in Los Angeles, the last decade or so um, it's become like my second home. And so all the history there uh, just what a gorgeous stadium it is and how well it has aged and, and the new, uh, the new, modifications they've made are just beautiful. So, and I mentioned in Spanish, just the, the view of the mountains in the distance is just so special to see the San Gabriels. When the sun is setting around five or six local time and the lights reflecting off the mountains, it's just, it just takes your breath away. So that, that's, so Dodger Stadium is very special for me. And then of the new ones, I love Pittsburgh, great town, wonderful people. I always feel very much at home when I'm in Pittsburgh and the ballpark is just extraordinary. The view of the river and the view of downtown, beautiful. So I, I love the, I love the Midwest. You know, Pittsburgh has a Midwestern feel to it. And so I, I've always felt very much at home there with just great people and, and a great, uh, great atmosphere. Mm, yeah. Uh, no viaje uh, visitar uh, Dodger Stadium, pero ojalá en el futuro yo sí. viajaré Dodger Stadium con mi familia. Pero, por cierto, um, por cierto. Uh, sí. Yo viaje a uh, Boston Red Sox Stadium y uh, Wrigley Field. Eh, Ambos excelente y diferente de otras estadios. 
Perfecto, muy, muy bien. Habla, habla uh, muy, muy fluida. Muy bien. Oh, gracias. Okay, and then finally, uh, the last one in both English and Spanish. Um, ¿Cuáles son tus metas futuras como reportero? Which in English, what are your future goals as a reporter? Gracias. Eh, eh, buena pregunta, porque yo, yo, yo tengo, yo tengo gran, gran apreciación de, de las oportunidades que, de, de que yo, yo tengo en esos momentos. Y para mí, para mí es, es importante para, para tener una apreciación de, de, de las metas uh, inmediatamente, la, la, las, las metas del día de hoy. Y también para, para ver el, el, el futuro, para mí es, es, es como estamos hablando en esos momentos, que para mí, para, para hacer más entrevistas en español sobre el, el aire después de un, un partido en, en vivo en, en televisión, para, para hacer más, uh, uh, más, más, uh, más segmentos de televisión en español, más entrevistas en español. Um, para mí también uh, me, me gustan mucho uh, los deportes internacionales como el Copa, la Copa Mundial, como los Olímpicos en el futuro, uh, eventos como eso uh, son, son gran, uh, tiene gran interés para, para mí. Pero uh, pa, para mí, Ana, es, es, yo, yo, yo estoy muy, muy bendecido de, de, de tener este, esta posición en, en las grandes ligas. Y para mí es, es importante para, para, para crear, para iniciar, um, aventuras nuevas de, de español, de, de eventos internacionales y, y también eh, yo me, me gusta mucho el, el deporte de, 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 de hockey como, uh, como hemos hablado más, más temprano durante esta conversación. También, eh, también fútbol, también. Sí, para mí, béisbol es número uno para mí, siempre es número uno, pero es, es importante para... para para tener experiencias diversas, porque cuando yo tengo experiencias diversas, además de béisbol, pienso que mi perspectiva en béisbol uh, he mejorado también. Eh, y para mí en, en el futuro, eh, es, eh, esto es mi mentalidad para, para tener eh, experiencias diversas eh, y también Uh, man, mantener el, eh, el enfoque de, de, de béisbol como mi primer deporte. Y también lo, lo que es más importante, Ana, es para, para ser un, un, un padre de, de mis niñas, es, es lo que más importante para, para, para establecer un buen sentimiento de, de la casa y, y, y oportunidades para, para mis niñas en, en escuela y en, en deportes también. So para, para pasar tiempo con la familia a casa es, es, es un, una consideración diferente como, como los años en, en que yo, yo era muy, muy joven. Es, es una, una perspectiva única y para, para tener niñas muy jóvenes, uh, es, eh, esto es eh, el parte de mi vida más importante. So, uh, in English, uh, what I had said was that my, my dream is just to con continue to keep building. I want to do more broadcasts in Spanish. I want to continue to challenge myself in Spanish. It's a way to, to keep learning and, and stretching myself to, to find new, new avenues to learn and, and to, to get better 
at, at speaking Spanish on the air, live on, on television. Uh, it's always going to be a challenge, but I think I can get better at it. Um, I, I love international sports. Of course, the first and foremost is the World Baseball Classic, but I also love the World Cup. I also love Olympics. So doing events like that in the future are things that I would love to do. And, and you know, I, I certainly also have a passion for hockey and for, for soccer, but baseball is number one, always will be number one for me. And so to be able to, to keep that as my focus, as, as I said in Spanish, when I, when I do a different experience for a while and, and, and put my eyes and my focus on a different sport, I come back and, and my, I find that my, my attitude towards baseball is, is sharpened and I see things a little differently. So I think it's important to kind of keep your, your mind fresh and not just have the same thing that you're focused on every single day. I think, you know, baseball is probably 90% of my job, but I sort of like having 10% different things. To, to keep my mind sharp and, and read, whether it's reading new things or, or thinking about new things, uh, it keeps your brain engaged on different topics, which I really enjoy. And the, the final point I mentioned was just the being a, being a dad to, uh, to three young daughters is the most important thing of all. And of course, being a husband to my wife and uh, her work as a doctor, especially during the last year has really been a lot of, uh, uh, it's been the, the most important thing going on in our household has been what she does at the hospital. So for me, uh, I, I fully realize that I've got a very unique platform and I wanna keep doing the best I can with this platform to help people out and help grow the game. But I also realize that there are more significant things in the world happening than what I'm saying on, on the air. And I, I get a daily reminder of that through my children and through my wife's work. So uh, as I say, Anna, this is no, 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 uh, no false modesty here. I'm the, I'm the fifth most important person in the house by a, a wide margin. And I just want to keep that in mind and, and keep uh, championing what my daughters are doing and what my wife is doing. And, and, uh, and then I, I when my at bats come up and it's time for me to do my baseball thing, I do that, but I've got, I've got many, you know, many more important things, uh, to, to do just to help my wife do what she does at the hospital. Excelente. Te amo tu familia más y también. Baseball es mi favorito deporte y, uh, en el futuro, ojalá mi, uh, Hablo más español con otras personas. So thanks sí. for talking in some Spanish with me. And I love that you're talking about putting your family first over everything. So.